This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus, and this is episode number 12 after Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you spent time with your family and your friends and people you haven't seen in a long time because I sure did. That break did me well. But while we were taking breaks and being away from the phones a bit, man, a lot of things have been going on. <laughs> the Packers are reeling. Dwight Howard is, uh, let's just say, being questionable. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> a lot of things have been going on in sports, man, and uh, you know what time it is. We got to talk about these things. And for me to do that, this week I brought on a special guest, uh, someone I've known since 2006. And, you know, I'm not going to mention his name. I'm going to leave it as a surprise. Maybe some of you might know who he is. But before we do that, thank you guys for all the support. Thank you for subscribing and listening. But let's just get right into it, guys. With no further ado, here's the interview for episode number 12, and I hope you guys enjoy it a lot. Alright guys, so today for episode 12, we have with us someone that I've known for a very long time. I would say uh, since uh, 2006, maybe? 2005? Either way, it was a long time. And uh, I'm quite excited to have him today on the podcast. Um... This friend of mine, he started a new blog recently called Hill Bloggers. He's a big North Carolina fan. Davis, what's, what's going go- on, boy? What's going on, Duffus boy? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Man, it's it's like I told the listeners, man. It's been a long time since we actually sat down face-to-face and spoken about uh, sports, man. You remember back in college how we used to go at it? Yeah, definitely. Started in 2006 and continuing today. Yeah, man, it was it was awesome, man. So today, today, man, it's it's so much to talk about, you know. And the Thanksgiving just passed. I know a lot of us are still, you know, uh, reminiscing on that good food we had. And during that time, a lot has gone on in the NBA and the NFL, and specifically this weekend. But you know what, I want to start out with is you, Davis, telling us about this new blog that I mentioned earlier. It's called Heel Bloggers, like I said. And what do you what do you exactly do there? Let the listeners know. With Heel Blogger, that is the Instagram handle for the website that I recently write for, keepingitheel.com. And that is just all things Star Heels for their basketball team, their football team, recruiting, anything about head coaches and field hockey, volleyball, whatever it is, that's your one-stop shop for all things Heel. That's 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 good, man. That's good. And, you know, since I know you and hey, we, I guess we kind of linked up because we both figured out we were North Carolina fans. And yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, for me, I just want to, to know really, and also, you know, just to give the listeners a little background about yourself. How did you really like fall in love with North Carolina? It's, it's a little complicated because I originally am from Maryland. So I, I do get a, uh-huh. lot of grief, a lot of grief for that. The fact that I'm not a Terps fan, but really I was interested Primarily because Jordan went there, of course. Obviously, I didn't see him play uh-huh. back in the day. But I just I happened to watch a game one day, and Anton Jameson was give, giving the business to Duke. So that's I, 
That's what it was. I was sold on that. Well, well there you go, man. Yo, I'm like this, man. Any team that gives not anything that gives Duke the business, I'm with it. <laughs> I don't yeah. like those dudes at all. And, and you know, by the way, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, ever since 1998, when he won National Player of the Year and beat mm. Duke in the ACC yep. tournament, that's that's all it took for me. Yeah, man. And, you know, that that's good to know. And, of course, the listeners, you know, have a little background about that. But, you know, today it's, you know, I just want to start out. Let's just talk about the NBA and what's going on, right? Because there's been a lot going on in the NBA. And if you guys have listened to my previous episodes, been talking about the Lakers We've been talking about, you know, uh, DeMar DeRozan and the Spurs and, you know, the Raptors. But, you know, I want to start off talking about the Golden State Warriors. They're, if you've been watching basketball lately, you know what's been going on and specifically what's been going on in Golden State. And KD and Draymond, just for you guys who don't know, something happened on the basketball court between KD and Draymond where Draymond didn't give KD a chance to win a game against the Clippers, ironically. And uh Draymond called Katie some names that I can't say on air, obviously, but uh that caused a feud in Golden State. And I don't know, Davis, I think for me, I think uh this is the first time I've seen Golden State in such a rift. And they, they've been they've been smooth sailing for the past like three and a half years. But my question to you is, right, what do you think is causing the Golden State Warriors to be on this kid right now? Is it this KD Draymond thing or is it Steph Curry actually not playing? Well, there's definitely trouble in paradise right now. And I don't think it's one exact thing. It's really just a combination of what's going on. Steph has been Mm -hmm. injured for a while. Even Draymond, he's been in and out of the lineup. Yeah. This little riff with KD. I mean, they have this, they, they seem to have a big brother, little brother, brother situation throughout their tenure. But right. I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. They're riff just because you know you play basketball, I play basketball. We, we get upset with teammates, even if it's pickup, if it's intramurals, if it's even if it's church league. Like we we get upset with with teammates and just we we brush it off into the next game. So I feel like the media blew that out of proportion. But mm-hmm. it speaks volumes that they suspended Draymond. I feel like, and yeah, it, and and. and. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It, it's, it's more so that I feel like they're just project, per, protecting KD since potentially he's leaving after this year. And there's like, well, Draymond's going to be Draymond. We, we need to show that we want KD here with us and Draymond. I mean, we'll take him if he's, if he still wants to, but we really need KD. That's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, you made a very valid point there, but I, want to think more along the lines that first let me answer my own question i think this kd draymond think is really serious and that just didn't happen like you said we've played basketball a long time i've played basketball a very long time and i've gotten upset at teammates but you don't get upset to the point that draymond got upset and start telling kd the things he said you know he called him the b word then he said that they didn't necessarily need him to win yes but it's to me, like I said, all yes the time, no for that question. But I don't know, man. I think, I think, yeah, sure. The media made a bigger deal than it was supposed to be. But if I look at it from a player standpoint, if somebody calls me the B word and we don't necessarily have the, uh, I would say a strong relationship. And for me, I never thought they had a strong relationship. I just thought they had the, Hey, how you doing? What's good with you type of relationship before? Cause if you think about it, 
Draymond called KD to come to Golden State. I believe exactly. on like a business on a business move. It was more like, bro, we want to keep winning and we need you to win. And by the way, we lost Harrison Barnes, so why not come here? Because we need a small forward anyway, you know. So I think Draymond, because he's grown up in that culture in Golden State where they keep things in the family and they do things as a family, they felt like KD was not part of the family yet because he didn't want to commit to what he was going to do next year. And that's, I think Draymond was carrying that the entire offseason. And it, it just happened to be that it blew up in his face, that game. That's just how I see it. Yeah, you're, you're right, but I don't know why it escalates at that point. I mean, the season is what? less than two months old so i don't know why Draymond yeah. is, is worrying about the off season and i don't understand why he's saying all the stuff to kd that oh we don't need you we don't need you they mm-hmm. they're they're the ones that blew a, a 3-1 lead against the Cavs in the in the finals they're the ones that almost choked it away in the western conference finals against kd right. and, and and westbrook so I, I don't understand why he's saying we don't we don't need you we don't need you Yes, they, they, they beat LeBron in the finals, but that's without, mm-hmm. that, that was without love, without Irving. So there's, there's no way Curry would have beat LeBron and the, and the Cavs without Thompson and whoever you want to say their second, their third best player was that year, Draymond right. or, I mean, or, or Bogut that year. Right. And, but you know, again, like I always say, I try to keep things in context. And this is one thing people really miss though. Harrison Barnes was playing okay that NBA finals that they lost. And on top of that, Draymond was suspended for game five. And I honestly believe to this day, if Draymond was not suspended, the Cavs would have lost in five games. That's what would have happened. I agree. I agree. And people forget that, you know, him being suspended gave the Cavs momentum that Golden State couldn't recover from. But and, we, we, and we, we can hope. And on top of that, Harrison Barnes didn't play well in game seven. He almost like, he almost had like a John Starks game seven. Like do right. did they right. show up? <laughs> but but we, we can we can go back a couple of weeks prior to that. You can argue mm-hmm. that if Clay Thompson doesn't just catch just a, a super sane type fire and just go ballistic against OKC in Game Six, they're not making the finals. You're right about that too. You are right about that too. So I mean, yes, we're both making our points here, and of course, I'm sure people who are listening to us right now they have their own views about it but at the end of the day for me i believe that this is more than just steph curry not being on the court yes that plays a big part because i saw i saw a couple of days ago that their record is like 40 42 and 73 without uh steph curry some crazy like that which is which again speaks volumes about yes it doesn't matter how great kd is steph curry is the motor of that team like, he, 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 he definitely is. And you can even say that Golden State is basically the Durant and Westbrook Warriors without him because they don't move the ball as well. They don't have as many open shots. And even Clay Thompson, who is a great player in, in himself, he's not getting the kind of looks he, he would if, if Curry was there demanding a double team or creating all the separation. Absolutely. And, I, you know, and something I just thought about now as well, before we move on to the next point here, is that... Uh, I think that uh, people tend to forget. Remember the Lakers back in 2012? They made three straight NBA finals to that point. And, you know, that fourth season, it was just a drag. You know, and I think part of it right now is that Golden State, they they were like, ah, we just got to go through 82 games again. And now it's finally, like, catching up to them. Because they're practically playing 
played like almost half of another season in the playoffs. You know? Yeah, that's so, true. That, that that is a good point. And just the fact they don't have new blood yet. Cousins is, is on is on his way, but we don't even know when he's gonna play and when he does play, what kind of cousins is it? Is it gonna be Sacramento mm-hmm. cousins? Is it gonna be New Orleans cousins, or is it just gonna be some headache that they don't have time to deal with? So that that's part of it too. It's really they're just been showing out the the same roster year after year, just going through the motions mm-hmm. until May. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, the season's still young, obviously. We're only, what, like 20 games in? So, we're, we're fine. I think we'll, we'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to end up winning the championship. So, um, speaking of which, things that are quite odd, you know, the Clippers, they're number one in the West right now with a 13-6 and six record. And they're, at the beginning they're, they're, of like a – yeah, go ahead. They're definitely doing their team, and Doc has those boys playing hard and playing well. Yeah, you know, and in a league right now that you ought to have almost, it's almost impossible to win without one superstar. <laughs> you At least you need to have at least two superstars, at least one superstar and a star on your team to be able to be competitive. And the Clippers have no stars right now, and they are balling. So, you know, that speaks volumes about the coach and their belief in their system. And, you know, um, it, it, it also shows that, you know, the the NBA kind of is becoming like the NFL was kind of unpredictable because one season you say, ah, this team is going to be it. And then the next season, another team just shows up in that sense. And I think this year in the Western Conference, you're really seeing that because I remember a few episodes ago, you know, for listeners, you know, those have been there since day one. They know the first two teams that I picked to win the West. I mean, of course, I picked Golden State to win it all. I had Golden State and the Rockets, right? And right now the Rockets are sitting at what? 9, 10, 11th place. In the West with a nine and nine record. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on, Dave? Is the Clippers and then the Rockets? Like, what's happening here? Like, it's a big disparity right now. It is. Granted, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint for the NBA. But you you figure that the teams that are elite or good or contenders would start to shape into form, especially this time of year. I guess getting closer to Christmas. But the fact that the Rockets are, like you said, five hundred. They they recently lost to the Cavs. They they want to make Melo the scapegoat, but it's not necessarily all on him. Grant he hasn't really been helping the team, but it's it's more right. to that. Chris Paul's a, a year older. D'Antoni's still playing him a same amount of minutes. Harden is I mean Harden's doing Harden things, of course, but they still don't have that consistent three that can I guess yeah, more so three and D and also can spread the floor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, again, it speaks volumes again about how the NBA is evolving year per year, because again, you, we can usually predict what the NBA is going to be like. Yes, the seasons are early, but right now we can tell that, you know, when you actually do your homework, when you pay attention, you believe in a system, things change. You know, it's not just about talent. Right now, I believe Golden State is literally the only team. Granted, they have one of the best systems ever, I believe. And also, Another point, I think Steph Curry is a system <laughs> by himself, you know, but my point with the Golden State Warriors is that um they have a lot of talent, a lot of talent. And right now, I think their talent is, you know, pushing them across the limit more than any anything right now. And those other teams, as we see that I think they shouldn't even be in the playoff picture, they're in the playoff picture just because they're playing well together. Granted, the Clippers I didn't think the Sacramento Kings would be even close 
to making it in the playoff, then they're only half game out. Yeah, matter well, of fact, I mean, I'm looking it, at the standings. They're tied with the Pelicans right now. Yeah, I mean the the Kings, they have a a solid team. I mean their the front office is, is still a mess and it's still laughable. But I mean they have all these high draft picks, so eventually you're going to have to get some players right. You you can't just pick awful players year after year. So Fox right. has stepped up. Fox has stepped up this year. Heald is doing his thing with more opportunities as well. Jaeger's a, a good coach. I mean Bagley it doesn't seem like he's the right fit for that system since they have Kali Stein and Luca mm-hmm. is, is, is balling in, in Dallas. But at the same time, they, they still have a, a young team and I know it's going to be tough in the West, but it's, it's not an easy win, especially in the West. And Absolutely. Can, I mean, and you can see by, by their record so far. Exactly. And then, you know, you, you speaking of easy wins and something I was telling uh, just a random stranger, I think a couple of days ago, because he saw that I was wearing a Laker, a Laker cap, like I do everywhere, and he right. was like, "Ah, your team's not doing so well." And I said, "Well, well, I told, I told uh, these bandwagon fans that came over because of LeBron James that the Lakers weren't going to do that well at the beginning, and they didn't want to listen because this is not the Eastern Conference. You can't take days off. The Lakers lost twice to the Magic already." <laughs> and it's baffling that, and it it speaks to another point as to why is a lot of confusion going on right now. It's to the Lakers are losing to the Magic, but they're putting a smackdown on the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets and everyone else, and they're losing to these bogus teams, in my opinion, you know. But at the same time, I was criticizing the Lakers for not playing defense. But then I look at the advanced stats, and this is something that I feel like you have a say on too, Davis. Is Right now, on average, on average, all NBA teams are allowing 102 points a game. Most ever. NBA history. <laughs> yeah. The, so what does that tell you? I mean, it's it's just the, the style and the NBA that we, we have now. And not even the NBA. It's just sports in general. Offense is up in football. Offense is up in basketball. Even, even soccer, you know, or, or football. That mm-hmm. offense, offense is just up. And, I mean, you might not get all the goals you want, but there's a, a lot more shots on goal, shots on target. So that's really just what it is in almost every sport. And, and then also I, I heard this crazy stat the other day how – Everyone was talking about the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns that just ran mm-hmm. through the league with with Mike Antoni. If, if they were playing right now with the exact same stats they had, they'd be dead last in the league with how fast they were. <laughs> that is so, that is ridiculous. So that, that, that is ridiculous. perspective. Yeah, man. Hey, that, that that's a good point you brought up there, man. That's, that's crazy because all day I'm looking at stats too, and that's crazy how – Back in those days, what that was what, 2005, 2006, Phoenix Suns, they were like the best offense in the league. And we thought, oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. And you're saying to me now, they'll be dead last right now. But that speaks volumes, man. But speaking of dead last and speaking of someone who just took a ridiculous shot, Dwight Howard. Dude. That's, that's Dude. brutal. <laughs> but at, Let at, me tell at, you. At, at the same time, I mean, the team hasn't spoke on it and he hasn't spoke on it. So it could be hearsay. Yeah, it could be, but you know, when, when Probably I saw not. it, I woke, I woke up that morning, I was going about my routine. Then I got his alert from like Twitter, you know, on my Twitter feed. The, the, the day before when it was happening, I wasn't really paying attention. So when I got this alert, I'm looking at my Twitter feed and I'm like, why is Dwight Howard trending? Did he do anything ridiculous? And then when I saw what happened and what was involved, um, I tend to not want to talk about this very much, but it's something I felt that 
why would Dwight Howard be involved in such a thing? And for you listeners, if you really want to know about what's going on, just Google Dwight Howard in this past week. And in your search, just put information for the past week. And you Not even just, 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 just Google Dwight Howard and everything will be there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's just, it brings certain things into perspective. Do you remember, do you remember Davis, uh, that, uh, that report, he was on the injury report and he said he couldn't play because of a butt problem. Yeah, that happened, that happened twice, yeah. happened to, to start the season. And then I want to say a week and a half ago. Yeah. So when I saw the news this past week and I'm just like, Hmm, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what that was. I mean, you, so you, to you, me, you could put two and two together. Suspect. Yes. You can put two and two together and you can figure out what went on. But again, I'll, I'll put this in perspective. You see all the information. Again, listeners, go look and you see exactly what we're talking about. You see the information and then you see the reports that have been circulating about Dwight and the way he's been living his life, at least what we know of. It kind of makes you understand a bit or get a grasp as to why his career has been like, he's been what you can say, arguably the best player for like a year or so. At least the best center in the NBA. Born man. He was absolutely. the best rebounder in the league. The best shot block in the league. He took the Orlando Magic to the NBA Finals in 2009. And then all of a sudden, he just dropped off. Yeah, and, and to me, it was very questionable. But now we can see how that can happen if you live that type of lifestyle. Exactly. And Orlando, he won Defensive Player of the Year four times. Like you said, he, he took the Magic to the Finals. And he was... I, I would say I still have this argument to this day with people. In 2009, he's he's my vote for MVP of the league with what he did defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, I mean, that could go back and forth. People were saying LeBron, too, and Kobe, whatever. And to me, it didn't matter. But he he really did. He was top two for sure. And and now he's just, just on, on team to team, living his exactly. life. And, yeah, you know. And but that's how things go in professional sports, man. But you know, I I, I want to segue into the NFL now and talk about <clears throat> man Baker Mayfield and the comments he made about Hugh Jackson. For those of you who don't know, again, if you're listening to this podcast, just want to listen to you know the the hot topics. This is one of the hot topics. You know who Baker Mayfield is, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson was their former head coach. Um, again, to keep things in the perspective, they weren't winning much with Hugh Jackson at the helm. Baker Mayfield came around and uh, recently Hughes Jackson took a job for the Cincinnati Bengals, the same division that the Cleveland Browns are in. Now, Baker Mayfield made certain comments. I don't know. Left Cleveland goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. That's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. We have the same players. Yeah, we have people... We have people that we believe in calling the place now. So, guys, you heard what Baker Mayfield said about Hugh Jackson. If it, I don't know how you feel about that, but to me, that spoke volumes. Baker Mayfield pretty much said, now we're playing for somebody who we actually believe in. Well, so some people got, got upset with what Baker said. But for me, mm-hmm. you have to just I guess, see, see how, how he's taking it. He's, he's a rookie in the NFL. And you already know that it's hard enough learning the position. And just, mm-hmm. the, just the fact he, he's with uh, offensive minded head coach, supposedly with Hugh Jackson and then with, with Todd Haley 
supposedly a, a great offensive mind, but they, they get fired midway through the season. So now he has to learn a completely new offense and you know, the, the B war is going to come around in a couple of years. So he doesn't turn things around. Bus, bus, bus. Exactly. So, so, and so he's probably thinking a little bit of that. And just the fact like he's, he's been doing his thing now with, with Greg Williams, a defensive minded head coach now. And what he said about Hugh and taking the shots, I don't really necessarily see it as taking a shot because he was right. If those who, who watch hard knocks, how, he was about the team. We, we fight for each other. Everyone in this locker room, da, 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 da. And then granted, yes, he, he got fired. And then mm-hmm. he, he didn't, he's not in need of money. He's, he's still being paid by, by the Browns. So he, he links up with, with his, with one of his, his buddies, Marvin Lewis, purposely because they play the Browns twice a year to, to give his, his insights, which clearly did not work on Sunday. But still, so of Maybe. course, of course, he'd be upset. It's like there, there's no need for him to to be with the Bengals, especially now he's he's a special defensive assistant, and he's supposed to be an offensive guy. So it was it was really just I wouldn't even say backstabbing. It's, it's more just like throwing shade to the Browns. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course. I mean, the, the, that's the era we live in now. You don't like a boy, you just oh, you don't like a boy, your coach or whoever. Somebody did you dirty, quote unquote. Then you just throw shade on him. Look, I, at the end of the day, I just, I honestly don't think, I, unlike the Golden State thing, I don't really think this is a big deal. Everybody made a big deal about him not wanting to hug Hugh Jackson. I won't want to hug him too. Go away. You're the enemy now. <laughs> I, why do we need to be buddy-buddy, you know? That's just how I feel about it. And I guess Baker is right, though. Um, If the team didn't really believe in him, then Hugh should have left. Matter of fact, Hugh should have left. I think Hugh should have left like three years ago. To be honest with you, he, he really should. Speaking he really about people, have, he, he lost over thirty games in what two and a half years. Like two years, yeah, exactly. You should be gone, man. In the NBA, that's like losing like fifty games a season. Go away, <laughs> you know. Speaking about going away, man. My team again. Green Bay Packers. They've been just a bit awful this season. Aaron Rodgers, on his standards, he hasn't been playing well. But again, I don't want to sound like an Aaron Rodgers apologist because I. I am a completely honest fan. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played well this season. But then again, the ball we set for Aaron Rodgers is different in Green Bay. It is. Right now, he has he has 20 touchdowns, one interception. Anybody else who had those type of numbers would be in MVP talks. But no, the Packers are 4-6. and six. But I put a lot of blame, and I say like 90% of blame, on Mike McCarthy. He's just outdated. This dude is still using like a Dell computer with Windows XP on it. And right now we're on Windows 10. That's the comparison I want to make. How do you feel about that, Davis? Like, what what do you think Green Bay needs to do? Because I'm running out of options now as a fan. They they definitely need to get rid of McCarthy. But I disagree with you a little bit. I wouldn't put 90% of the blame on him. Probably Mm -hmm. 60 to 70 just because I don't know his role in the personnel, but they, I don't think they've been drafting well. I know they don't really attract free agents. They're, they're pretty cheap, whatever. <laughs> Title Town USA. I know that that's, that's not what they're about, but who, who's Rogers, mm-hmm. who's Rogers really throwing to besides Adams? I mean, he's, he's legit, but like Ger- Geronimo Allison, he's all right. He's, he's been injured now. They, they, they cut Nelson cause they didn't want to pay him and he's not even doing anything in Oakland. So that seems like a, a ways. Cobb has been in and out of the lineup. 
I don't even know who Jimmy Graham is anymore after after he left New Orleans. And right. I mean, Aaron Jones is he's he's been doing his thing, but that's just been for the last what four games. Where was this early in the it, season? Yeah, but but again, that that speaks volumes to me as in the coaching staff. Yes, but I'll tell you, as a Green Bay fan, I've been a Green Bay fan since what ninety ninety three ninety four when I was you know conscious about what I was looking at when I'm watching the sport. And you are right. In Green Bay, we don't necessarily make you know we don't attract free agents. We don't necessarily make the proper changes. My frustration comes from the fact that I like having these who's the greatest of all time debates. And Aaron Rodgers, to me, as much as people don't want to put him in there, to me, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And not because, not because, oh, he didn't go to five Super Bowls or he didn't win five Super Bowls. Because, I have a side note, when you're done. Side note, okay, unlike basketball, football, you're very much dependent on other people, literally. You Tom are, Brady wouldn't have won Super Bowls because, because, wasn't it because of Adam Vinatieri? A lot of time. People gave Tom Brady credit for Super Bowls when he only threw one touchdown to the entire playoffs. They're like, oh, Tom Brady brought them there. No, he didn't. It was the defense. But that's not, that's neither here nor there. Like Shannon. I, I definitely agree. And yeah, his offense is, it is pretty simple. And I know it's, I guess, some functionality of West Coast offense, but we've advanced since that. Just like we were talking about it in basketball, how the, the Suns would be that last now. Like we just have to advance just how we play overall. And with McCarthy, I think his biggest problem is there's no scheming in the offense. Just how it is with the Falcons. Like, especially in the goal line, there's no scheming. It's really just, oh, let's let's throw it up to Julio. If he doesn't catch it, okay, let's let's run it and let's Matt Ryan will try to do something. Like Rogers is just it's more or less he's just like, okay, well. I don't like what McCarthy said on the headset, so let me just ad lib. Right, and sure, that used to work in the past, but right now you can tell that everybody's catching up to it. Sure, Aaron Rodgers has some of the blame as to what's going on this season, but a lot of their success over the years, and I'll say at least the past six years, has been all Aaron Rodgers with a combination with you know some decent enough defense. This year, granted, a lot of these players have been injured, but at the same time, if you are a great coach. A la Bill Belichick, it doesn't matter how many injuries you have. It doesn't matter what type of players you have. You find a way to win, right? And, of course, everyone says, yes, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I absolutely disagree. Sure, he has five Super Bowls. Yes, but he also has the greatest coach. He His coach is also responsible for personnel so they can get the right players in the right positions and the right pieces for him. Right now, Aaron Rodgers has got to go out there with what he has, and they expect him to, you know, create miracles. And I just disagree with what they're doing in Green Bay. They need to do something else. They they, they really they really do. And I, I do have a question for you since you brought up coaches. And I made a li- mm-hmm. I made a list of all the coaches in the NFL, and I ranked them. And I was wondering if you would you would agree with the different tiers. Okay, list them off to me. So for grades, I have Bill Belichick, obviously, Sean mm-hmm. Mc- Sean McVay, and Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, those are the top three best. Coaches right now in the NFL, bar none. Of course, Bill Belichick is number one because right. he's the greatest ever. As in, yes, I would say, I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's about right. That sounds about right. I'll put Ron Rivera ahead of Pete Carroll, by the way. Interesting. I I feel like Pete Carroll's he's he's done a lot with this team, especially with yes, he 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 has he has done with this Seahawks team. But I'm also thinking about the bigger picture since he's been coaching and they won the Super Bowl. I think. Any coach, I think really any coach would have won that Super Bowl with that defense. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. And then for for good, I have Reed Peterson, Jay Gruden, John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. Frank Wright, Mike Zimmer, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's that list sounds about right. Again, if I put them in order, I won't necessarily know, but I think uh, out of that whole pack, I would put Jim Harbaugh on the top. Okay, he's doing a lot with lesser talent than he has had in the past. Yeah, I mean, they've just been kind of stagnant for the last two to three years. Yes, but that also has to do with management, not getting the right players in positions. You know, he hasn't given Joe Flacco any type of help either, I believe. But then again, I'm just basing this opinion on games that I've seen. I haven't seen every Ravens game, but I think, you know, he he's he, he's the veteran and he knows what he's doing there. Right, and for, for awful... I have Jason Garrett, John Gruden, Sean McDermott, Pat Shermer, Todd Bowles, and Dirk Cutter. All of them, mm-hmm. all of them really just mm-hmm. need to lose their jobs. I mean, obviously, all of them won't. <laughs> yeah, of course, I think. I think. Matter of fact, <laughs> you know what would do us really well? I think Gruden needs to go back to Monday Night Football because, by the way, that Monday Night Football crew. Oh my goodness, I I can't tolerate it at all. Like Jason Witten, I just need to do something else, and. uh Gruden needs to go back in the booth and he just doesn't need to coach because I still can't get over the fact that he traded absolutely the best player we have seen in the past like 15 years in Khalil Mack. Like, I don't, I don't understand at all. That and the, and the fact that for, Cooper's doing his thing now in Dallas. Exactly. That just speaks volumes as to how terrible you are. I think, again, that's another coach aside with Mike McCarthy that they just need to update their systems. Because I think right now, I think Gruden is stuck in 1998 with the Buccaneers, 98-99. That's where he's stuck at. <laughs> the NFL is not what it used to be back then. Exactly. But he, hey, he's been out of the, out of the league for ten plus years. You can't just use your same systems and same schemes as before. Absolutely, and 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 you see that with how you know we talk about uh, Sean Payton right now. Uh, Drew Brees to me is a front runner for MVP. And to me, Absolutely. it's not just based on talent. It's just based on the fact that his coach is putting his team in positions to win. Remember, last year, the Saints defense weren't all that great. This year, they're not all that great either, but they're doing a lot better just because the coaching is adapting to what's going on. And right now, Drew Brees is just lighting it up. I don't know how you feel about who the MVP should be. Definitely Brees. I mean, right now, he is. 29 touchdowns, two interceptions, which is ridiculous. I mean, in, he threw one interception Thanksgiving night. So up until then, he w- he, he had Rodgers-like stats. His, his, his completion percentage is ridiculous. At one point, it was 80. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's been anywhere from 76 to 80 this year. He, he's just playing backyard football. It's, it's too easy for him right now. Exactly. And I, and I think right now, you know, before I, w- I would say it was Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, he slowed down a bit. The Kansas City Chiefs, you know, teams are figuring him out. But the consistency is what matters. Right now, the Saints, since that first loss of the season, they've just been rolling over, folks. And I think Drew Brees, I, honestly, I'll make a bold predicament, pr- prediction, rather. <laughs> I think Drew Brees right now locked up the MVP already. It's a wrap. Like, nobody else is winning that. Un- unless, unless Mahomes throws, like, for 55 touchdowns. That's the only way I see anybody else taking MVP from Drew Brees. 
Yeah, I mean, Mahomes, he's he's definitely a candidate. He he's been throwing the he's been turning the ball over a lot more lately. I know his defense is awful, so he has to throw it a lot more. And I just feel like his his team is better overall than well, his offense is, is better than the Saints. He has an all pro running back with Kareem Hunt. He has Travis Kelsey, fastest guy in the league, Tyreek Hill. Reese doesn't really have that. I mean he has he has Thomas and he has Kamara. Mm-hmm. That's it, pretty much. Well, at least the people we know of. But he's just throwing to no name people. Just because we're watching it on national TVs is how we find out that these dudes are even on the, the roster. And he's just throwing missiles to these guys. And it's just amazing to see. You know, now Davis, I know that uh you know my listeners like a lot of NBA and NFL and sometimes some football, soccer rather. I hate saying that word by the way. Oh, I, I, I know you do. <laughs> but uh you know you you wanted to talk to me about duke what is it about duke what's bothering you this season what's going on talk to me talk to the listeners it's it's really just all this hype i mean i i, I get it they're, they're excited that they have the, the the top three recruits coming in and or technically you can say the only the top two recruits depending on which ranking site you look on but and they're supposed to be ready to go in the nba they can dominate they're supposed to beat the Cavs. You have Stephen A. Smith saying they're they're better than the Fab Five. They're going undefeated. I just I just don't see the fascination with with this team. I really don't. I you know again I don't I don't watch a lot of college basketball at the beginning of the season. Maybe I watch some games here and there just to familiarize myself with what's really going on and all the hype. I think they deserve some of the hype, and strictly based on. The entertainment factor. Why? You've seen Zion. I've seen Zion. Instagram seen Zion. And I was amazed by this 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 uh, infographic that ESPN put up, uh, I think a couple, I think it was like last week or so, where Zion is as big as Aaron Judge. He's as tall as Aaron Judge. I think he's bigger than, than some NFL lineman. And he has the highest vertical recorded. Some crazy like that. And the dude is like 285. Some... I was like, what? How is this? How can this guy jump this high, move that fast? And you can see it by the stats he's putting up right now. Granted, yes, it's against people that are normal college-sized players. But I think that the hype is there. I think he's putting up the numbers right now. And RJ Barrett, to me, like I posted on my uh, Instagram page um, earlier, I'd say that, uh, yes, Zion is an entertainment factor. But RJ, to me, will be the best college player in basketball. I don't he know is. how you feel about that. He is. I, I I can agree with that. I mean, I do see a little bit of James Harden and Jalen Rose in Barrett, but I mean, he's still a mm-hmm. freshman, so there, there's still time to time to tell. But his game will develop well in the NBA. I mean, Zion. I mean, yes, he is a, a highlight factory. That's there, there's no doubting that. But I see a lot of Sean Kemp in him, especially early on, and. Do you, I know you're a basketball historian, but what did Sean Kim do after he got traded from from um, the Sonics and no more Gary Payton? Absolutely nothing. Because again, it's it's a lot of things that go into, you know, just to keep it short, I believe there's a lot of two things that are very critical into a player's development and how they move on in their career is the the co- the type of coaching they get and the type of mindset that is set to them in the beginning of their careers and how they develop during their own time. Right now, Zion is just 
straight athletic, you know, and he reminds me almost of a, a, a smaller Vince Carter back in his prime in North Carolina. Everybody knew him as a dunker, but remember when he came to the NBA, he worked on his game. And he did. you remember back in college, I used to say that to me, he was a better player than Kobe Bryant at some point. And to this day, I still believe that from, from the year 2000 to 2002, to me, Vince Carter was the best player between him, Tracy McGrady and Kobe Bryant. Because he was putting up 27, 6, and 6. And everybody just disregarded that just because he played for the Toronto Raptors. My point being is Zion right now, he's just putting up what he's the numbers he's putting up because he's playing against people that are his peers in college. When you get to the NBA, you play against grown men. And he has to start thinking about the type of mentality he's going to have. Am I going to continue being a dunker? Or am I going to be, a, a, a like I like to call a triple threat player? You get me? Right. Let's see how it goes. But for right now, how many games have they played? Three, four games? Uh, of course, the Maui Invitational played, I think, a couple more games than that. And he's been as advertised. But I don't agree with the states and being made saying, oh, we can compare him to LeBron James. No, we cannot. No. LeBron, even at his young age, he was able to shoot. <laughs> Exactly. And, and just the fact, I mean, there's all this praise ab about Duke and Zion, but, and there's, there's been this FBI investigation. I know you heard about that. So th there's been, mm -hmm. there's been reports that Zion's stepdad asked for money, but ESPN doesn't report it. They're, they're already in, in bed with Duke. So they want to, they want to <laughs> make, make Coach K upset and all, all this and that. I'm, I'm just asking for some consistency. That's all. And even going back to last year's Duke team, when they had Bagley, they had Carter, they had Duvall, they had Gary Trent Jr. They made they made it to the Elite Eight, which I mean is solid, but the way they were talking about Duke, they're supposed to to contend for the national championship, if not be runner up. Worst case scenario. I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. As a UNC fan, I I you know you never want to see Duke do well. That's just how it goes. That's just if we had a Bible. That's how it would be. Duke should fail, <laughs> you know, but uh, well, right now, as of right now, they're doing okay. But let's see, because when it really matters is when it counts. Remember when Kentucky had all the hype with my boy Cat and Kentucky, they were supposed to just smoke everybody. And then they, they got into Wisconsin, Wisconsin got into them. And what happened? Took them down. Remember that? I do. So, it's, it's, that, that's the thing. It's, there's a lot of talented freshmen versus experience and chemistry. So that's usually what it comes mm -hmm. down to in March Madness. Granted, I mean, you can mix in your, your freshman, even the Duke team in 2015 with Okafor, Justice Winslow, and Tyus Jones. They won it all. They had veteran leadership as well. Exactly. So, so I mean, all, all, all that is what matters, really. But uh, as of right now, I, I'll reserve a little of my hate just because I like to see dunking. So I just want to see Zion poster people. <laughs> that would be fun to see. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really not trying to hate. It's just, it's more informing. Like, let's, let's just calm down. I mean, Duke already lost the game. How, so how are they, how are they going to beat the Cavs if, if they can't even beat, um, a team out in Spokane, Washington? Exactly. <laughs> That's a very great point, man. Hey, but Davis, man, I'm glad that we were able to just, you know, sit down here for a couple minutes and, you know, just talk about NBA, NFL, you know, the, the, the things that we see out there. And I'm sure these listeners will, yeah, I'm sure they appreciate a you know, different viewpoint than mine. And, uh, you know, I just appreciate having you on here and, uh, I, I hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah. It was fun. Thanks again for, for having me. I enjoyed it. Do you have any Instagram? 
any type of Twitter handles you want people to follow you by? You can follow my my UNC Instagram if if I haven't turned you off from that already. It's Heels Blogger, H E E L S Blogger, and then my Twitter handle is Dwall Fifty Two. There you go. There you have it, guys. So you know, just follow my my guy here, Davis, and uh, we will see you on the other side. That was awesome. That was amazing. I want to thank Davis once again for uh, setting out some time to talk to me, to give his insight. I hope you listeners enjoyed it. Uh, Before I let you guys go, remember, the store is live and online. Get yourself a Statman t-shirt. Also, by the way, we're going to start selling uh, hats too. Some new era hats. So uh, look out on uh, social media, Instagram, on Facebook for you to see the previews of these things. And uh, we got to the end of another episode, guys. So for now, Statman signing out. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.